anyone listening that is a competitor wants to win. If you say otherwise, you're just full of crap. The issue I see in the sport is learning the things you need to do to become a winner isn't easy. Is bodybuilding about selfies, steroids, magazines, and muscles? How do I become a successful pro bodybuilder or fitness competitor? Where do I even start if I'm new? And the biggest question of all, what are the judges looking for anyway? Even today with the internet, many people first discover bodybuilding by word of mouth. The lack of regulation has caused a boom of unqualified coaches, scattered info, biased advice, dangerous protocols, and posing trends that are a hot mess. After 20 years in the business, I have seen it all. Week after week, I'm gonna talk about taboo topics that get swept under the rug, provide you tips and strategies to gain a competitive edge and stand out on stage in any division or federation. I'm gonna answer all the burning industry questions without the bias. I have competed across six federations, earned pro status in three, and judged in two. I've coached posing and choreography for men and women in all federations and divisions. I know just how much competing means to you. I'm your host, Michelle Welcome, and you are listening to the Everything Else in Bodybuilding podcast. Be sure to download your free guide, Five Things Every Bodybuilder and Fitness Competitor Needs to Know Before Your Next Show at eeinbb.com. That's www.eeinbb.com. What's going on? Welcome back to the Everything Else in Bodybuilding show. I hope you're enjoying it. I, I appreciate you guys subscribing. I'm seeing that and I'm seeing the reviews. I appreciate that as well. I do read them. They are something that does get me motivated. So go check them out. Even if you hate it, just let me know. We're talking about all the other things in fitness and bodybuilding and covering all divisions and federations. It's the whole theme of the show, of course. And I just so happened to have head judged a pro-am show in New York recently for the WNBF Federation. So I'm going to share some of the key takeaways from the show, from the head judge perspective, of course, the kind of feedback competitors received post-show and some industry gossip as well. Just a quick recap of some of the principles I've covered so far have to do with the credibility of coaches in episode two, so go check that out. And then in episode three, I did a deep dive into the different types of pro cards, what they mean, do you make money, and so on. So go check out those episodes. Anyone listening that is a competitor wants to win. If you say otherwise, you're just full of crap. The issue I see in the sport is learning the things you need to do to become a winner isn't easy. Picking credible prep coaches and posing coaches is a great start. Picking the right federation for you to work towards your pro card and being competitive as a pro is another good start. But what about you and the things you can do yourself to make you more competitive? Relying on outside influence to tell you what to do is only going to get you so far. You have to actually do some stuff on your own too. So today, I want to share my recent head judge experience and talk about the common theme I noticed with the feedback the competitors received after the show. Let me first explain that if you're listening and you aren't familiar with how a bodybuilding show is scored, there's a panel of judges with score sheets that sit at a table below and center of the stage. The head judge has the microphone and sits in the very center. The head judge leads each of the classes of competitors through a series of required poses, dictates how long the poses are held, and will strategically move competitors around the stage to better compare the physiques. 
Based on the criteria established for the category on stage, the head judge will move the competitors that best meet the criteria towards the center to assist the panel of judges with narrowing down to a top five ranking. Each panel judge scores separately, and the judging sheets are then passed over to someone who tallies up the scores to determine the winners. In the WNBF, the highest and lowest scores are thrown out to remove any outliers. So my role as a head judge requires me to have a fast, critical eye the very minute every competitor walks out on stage. I tell the competitors what poses to hit, I dictate how long they hold them, and based on my judgment, I strategically move the competitors around the stage. In the WMBF, we start by scoring the symmetry of each athlete, no matter what division. So from bikini to bodybuilding, we are scoring your symmetry or overall balance of your physique first. So I will move the competitors with the best symmetry closer together in the middle of the stage for better viewing so the rest of the judging panel can score them. I then move on to things more specific to the category. Like with bodybuilding, we're looking for muscularity and conditioning, and not so much your persona or character on stage. With bikini and men's physique, we are also judging your body composition, relative to the category, of course, but your stage presence and overall presentation matter too. So the second part of judging is meant for scoring these additional criteria. With bodybuilding, it means you will be taken through a series of muscularity poses. And on the opposite spectrum with bikini, you have an additional walking component during prejudging that is used to evaluate your body composition and stage presentation. Each division is different and looking for different things. As you can see, although bodybuilding is a subjective sport, there is criteria in place that the judges use as a guide to find the best match on stage. And I can speak from experience judging for a dramatically different federation, the WBFF, where they're looking for the most beautiful people in the world with unbelievable stage presence. There are scoring guidelines provided for each division there as well. But knowing the specifics on what the judges are looking for is critical because Look, if you show up to a WBFF show and you shuffle along the stage bashfully, you're going to get blown off the stage. And if you're on a WNBF stage or even an NPC stage and you haven't figured out how to make your body look symmetrical, you aren't going to be called towards the center of the stage. NPC judges very fast, by the way. I was at a Bev Francis show a couple months ago in New Jersey, and I remember one class on stage was taken through the four mandatory poses one time, and then walked off stage. Four poses, done. Granted, the amount of people in the class was small, and as a judge myself, I could quickly rank the competitors, but the key point here is that these shows, there is no everyone gets a trophy, and everyone works hard, so given their stage time mentality, it's serious business. There are too many classes and too many competitors at these shows to dilly-dally. You walk out, hit your poses with the group, and no matter if it's two minutes or 10 minutes, when the judges are done, they are done, and you walk off stage. So what this means is you as a competitor might spend months preparing for a show only to end up with less than five minutes to show off your hard work. It's critical that you know what the Federation is looking for, what the judges are scoring, and you spend just as much time nailing this part of your show prep as you do your nutrition and training if you want to be a standout on stage. Now, you might be thinking, Michelle, that's great and all, but what if I don't know how to get better when I thought I brought my best package to the stage? Well, let me ask you this. How long did it take you to learn how to get better at exercise and meal prep? You didn't just walk into a gym and know how to deadlift, did you? 
you might have had some limitations with mobility or some imbalances with muscles that you needed to bring up before you even grabbed the barbell. You didn't just walk in one day and walk out with the same knowledge as Charles Poliquin, Charles Glass, Dr. Lane Norn, or even one of the smartest people I know in the fitness industry, Dr. Mike T. Nelson. You first learned your limitations and took the time to improve them. You were patient with your lifting because you had no choice. You didn't start with a 600-pound leg press because you physically couldn't push 600 pounds. You met your body where it was, and with consistency and time, you improved it. And you know what? Truth bomb right here. For most of you, you did this on your own. Someone might have shown you the right form you need for the exercise, but then it was you that did the work to improve, day in and day out, week in and week out, with consistency. Just like your training, your prep work for the stage component of the competition needs to be a little every day. It doesn't need to be fancy pants stuff either or take up hours of time. You don't need to go to classes. You simply need a little structure like you have with your workouts. I was talking with Ian Mercer about posing at the staff dinner after the show I just judged. And if you don't know who Ian is, he is the posing coach that taught Kai Green how to pose. And Kai, in my opinion, is the best poser in bodybuilding. And here's a fun fact. Kai Green competed in the WNBF before he competed in the NPC and IFBB. He actually won the world championships in the WNBF. Anyways, Ian and Kai, he had him pose all the time. And Ian didn't just work with him on the specific poses required in the judging round. Ian worked with Kai on movement in and out of the poses as well. If you watch Kai Green pose, you will never see him make an unflattering shape. And it goes without saying that Kai makes moving a body with a ton of muscle look effortless. Now that took a lot of effort to make things look effortless, which leads me to the judging feedback from the show. The most common feedback from the show I had judged from not just me, but the other judges had to do with posing and the odd shapes people were making on stage with their physiques. It's such a common theme that it really stinks, you guys, because it's totally avoidable. I mean, some of the classes, there, there's clear-cut winners, okay? But then there's many classes where it was a close call. And I was talking with the other judges after the show, and we were all commenting on how a lot of the posing was really awkward and did absolutely no justice to people's physiques. The poses themselves weren't exactly wrong. If you read the criteria, technically the poses were within the guidelines, but the way they were displaying the pose did absolutely no justice to their body. I told quite a few people to start playing with the angles of their body and try to focus on creating more flattering shapes. You don't need to go to a workshop to hear the same thing that I just told you as a judge. Everyone listening today, just like with your lifting, you can do this yourself a little every day. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to think of posing as creating shapes. I made the same mistake early in my career. I remember trying so hard to pose that I squeezed everything for dear life in my back pose. I pinched my shoulder blades, thinking flexing was going to help me show more definition, and I squeezed my glutes as tight as possible. And you can probably visualize how awful this look was, but I had no idea until I got off the stage and saw the show pictures just how bad the poses looked. That's when a light bulb went off, and I changed my mindset to seeing posing as creating shapes and flattering angles. And to chill the F out on stage, really. Eyeballs do not need to be popping out of my head when, when you pose. The more relaxed you are, the better you're going to look. I don't think people realize that posing is meant to create a shape with your body. The description of the pose you might read on the Federation's website, it gives you a guideline on how to stand and position your body 
but it's up to you to make it look good on you. If the judges are looking for symmetry, you need to take that into account when you're hitting your poses. You might need to change your leg position, your hip position, or your shoulder position to create a better shape on you. The guidelines are provided for you, but if you understand what the goal of the pose is, you can play with the things like your leg, your hip, and your shoulder positions to see what creates a better shape with your body structure. And you know what? You can do it on your own. (laughs) Speaking to those here right now who are listening and they've done shows or are preparing for one, I want to know from you, what's the biggest thing you're struggling with? Comment on this podcast episode and tell me what you're currently doing to create the best shapes with your body and your posing. What are you doing about it? You going to workshops, posing coach, something else? Let me know in the comments. And meanwhile, I'm going to help you get things into orbit. I'm going to give examples from three divisions on things you can do on your own to help you make better shapes with your body so you can become a standout on stage. There is plenty you can do on your own to help you get a faster path to a success. First example, men's physique. The judges are looking for a V taper, tight waist, overall healthy athletic look, and a great stays presence. A lot of times the guys have figured out how to make the V taper, but there are quite a few common issues with the rest of the pose. For example, the foot placement. Oh dear. Often the feet aren't even factored into the pose at all. Even though your legs are not technically scored, you still want to create flattering shapes for your overall presentation. So like try to step your feet apart, play with your angles, your foot position, spin your foot out. It will change the entire look of the pose. Stagger your feet, try to make your waist look smaller. Play with your posing as much as possible and watch how each adjustment you make changes the shape of your body. Next example, women's figure and even men's bodybuilding too. Common issues are with the lats. The big windup like a helicopter to open your lats in your front and back poses is not only not necessary, it incorrectly conditions your body to lead your poses with your hands. Your lats don't need your hands to open them. If you're sitting down while listening to this and your back is flat against a seat, guess what? Your lats are pretty much open. When you reach for the steering wheel in the car, you don't do five arm circles, do you, beforehand? Your hands just go right up to the wheel. It's one motion. You pick your hands up, you grab the steering wheel. Posing should be no different. You open your lats, you pick up your arms. Open the lats, that's it. And now, bikini. The back pose is not a vagina pose. There is no need to bend over in this pose. The judges in the audience are below you, so this pose can quickly become distasteful. Work on spine mobility to lift your torso up, shoot your hips back, and stick the pose. Plus, remember that the judges are looking for symmetry, so you should concentrate on creating an hourglass shape in all of your poses. If you bend over, you flatten your glutes, and you narrow your upper body, which then makes you look tiny up top and big on bottom, which is not the best for symmetry. And in your front pose, work on things to accentuate a smaller waistline. Okay, I know I said three divisions, but I'm on a roll and I want to mention the new classic physique division because it's the fastest growing men's division. What makes classic physique so appealing is the aesthetics of the physiques. It's not just about the muscle, it's the presentation in the total package. The posing is an absolute art in this division. I watched the current reigning three-time now, men's physique Olympia champion Chris Bumstead's his show day YouTube video and He showed how he took the time to have a professional apply makeup on his face, 
to not only match his tan, but add contouring and color to best accentuate his features. Now, from the audience, he looked healthy and put together. One of the competitors that was briefly compared to him on stage, he had the usual spray tan applied to his face and no blending or consideration for how his face looked. And as he began to sweat, the tan became blotchy, which only made Chris look better. Not to mention the posing presentations of all the top competitors in this division, they just blew the doors off of any performance that night. So much time went into their performances. They didn't just show up and hit a few poses to house music. Their presentations, you guys, they were choreographed posing dances. That's what I'm going to call them. Choreographed posing dances. And they were entertaining, and they you can just tell that they took so much time and effort to put together. Everything counts when preparing for a show. Everything. What you need to focus on the most will depend on the division, of course. But regardless, where your focus goes, your energy flows. A small amount of effort daily will go a long way. One last thing I want to cover today is the direction I'm seeing the divisions and all the federations going and how this affects your ability to stand out on stage. Right now, we are in a changing environment where physiques are getting more muscular and the standards for conditioning are getting higher. If you watch the most recent IFBB Olympia contest and you compare the physiques to the Olympians from, I'd say, around 2008 to 2012, there is a huge difference. The muscle size and the leanness of the competitors is beyond anything we have ever seen. There is an IFBB figure Olympian, Erin Stern, who she actually stopped competing as a figure athlete and completely transformed her body into a bikini competitor. She had to change her training, of course, so that she could shave off a a lot of muscle. And she had to learn new posing skills, completely different division. And with quite a bit of effort, she not only became a bikini bro, but she won a major contest and got an invite to compete in the Olympia contest again, this time as a bikini competitor. So understanding the look of your category is critical. Erin knew she had, she no longer had the size that was required to be competitive in figure. So she took a hard look at herself and made the switch to a division where she could be more competitive. She didn't win her first pro show. And despite being a figure Olympia champion, it took quite a bit of time to make the transformation on not just her physique, but her stage presence too. In fact, I saw comments she made about having to make tweaks with her posing to become more competitive. So as you can see, even a former Olympian had to work to create better shapes with her body to best match the criteria of the new division she was competing in. If you are in bodybuilding, your focus is on size, symmetry, and nailing your mandatory poses in your sleep. If you're a bikini competitor, you need to focus on symmetry, style, and learn how to walk confidently in high heels. Wellness competitors, you don't need the symmetry, but you need to pose to create flattering shapes and to nail your stage presentation. Similar for men's physique, you don't need symmetry necessarily, but you do need to create your best V-taper, your best angles, and you need to spend a lot of time on your overall presentation. And figure girls, you're a combination of both. You need to nail your mandatories and work on your presentation. Classic physique guys, you need your physique on point, but you also need to know your best angles and shapes to make the posing more of an art. Most people underestimate how much preparation beyond just nutrition and training is needed. And that's the whole point of this episode. I want you to spend more time on these other things. Even a little movement or mobility work every day. Play with angles, shapes. I'd rather you do five minutes a day of movement outside of your comfort zone than to practice a few poses one or two times a month and hope for the best on show day. 
plan your week ahead of time and schedule blocks of time right into your phone that you will dedicate to presentation. It's the consistency that will have a greater payoff. And that's the point of this whole episode. Now, guys, if you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you would go to iTunes or Spotify and leave a little review and rate it. That would be awesome. I'm going to keep dropping these strategies like this. There will be times I do one strategy over a few episodes or other times like this where I I kind of go into a little bit more detail on one strategy. I'm very excited for this. Hey, guys, next episode, I'm going to give you guys something. It's free. It's a special class I wrote. Uh, It's something I spent quite a bit of time writing and creating. So anyways, that will be in the next episode. I will tell you where to go to find it. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. What are the things you need to know before competing in a bodybuilding competition? The Everything Else in Bodybuilding podcast is dedicated to taking out the guesswork in the industry and exposing all these strategies. Learn five things I think you should know before your next show by downloading your free ebook called Five Tips Every Competitor Needs to Know Before Your Next Competition at www.eeinbb.com. It's all the no-nonsense information you need, whether you are male or female, bodybuilder, physique, figure, bikini, or wellness competitor. It's free, so just go download my five tips every competitor needs to know before your next show at eeandbb.com.